Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. So did you get Legos, Rob? Not yet. Not yet. Haven't done it. Legos are expensive. Yeah. I did watch some of that show. What do you think of it? It was cool. It was was a lot of weird people. Was Joe... Is it... Am I watching the right one? Job is the host. Job from Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah. And he's very corny in that show. He is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, a lot of the contestants were very, very strange for, for sure. But it was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like the classic thing of like, yes, I'm an adult. I could have it as a hobby. But then it's like the, the classic tell. It's like, but do I actually want to spend money on this? And I'm still on the fence. I'm not out, you know. I'm not uh, totally totally out of it but haven't done it yet i'm kind of cheap about that stuff too like i've had on my list to get a nice guitar for like Mm. five years and uh i just can't i can't rationalize the spending man Mm. because i have a guitar but it's not that nice and i can't plug it in and so i have to borrow people's guitars if i ever do performances and stuff but really how 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 expensive is a nice guitar? Um, I would say up towards a thousand, but like at least five hundred. You don't think you'd use it sufficiently, like enough times and for good reasons that you couldn't rationalize it? I, I think I would, but still, I don't know what the block is. Well, I, I get it though, because like you also have a guitar that works, right? No, no. Like the podcasting stuff, um, I was pretty slow to get a nicer mic, nicer um, audio interface. Little by little, kind of making purchases that are small enough that it's like, okay, well, this this isn't that much and I'm going to use it a lot. Yeah, but this is massively important. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still have the same equipment. <laughs> I got you guys when you were second theology. <laughs> hey, you said that you're going to send me. I know. I have that on my list. The, th- the list I just added, find a new podcast app. I also have buy Mike a mic. Or at least just send me recommendations for things that I need to buy. Oh, well, that's easier to do because I don't like purchasing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just mm-hmm. send me recommendations. I don't expect you to buy me stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. I had that on my list for some reason. I keep not doing it because I don't like <laughs> spending money. Yeah. Buy Mike a mic. Are you, um, are you very stingy with your money? I think I am. I didn't think I was, but um, yeah, when it comes to buying big things i don't like it yeah same thing with the uh parish and the newman center you know when you're about to remember i had to buy windows for the school when i was in the parish and uh i might have told this story but i was in charge for 11 months there and you're really just supposed to mind the store you're not supposed to do anything big but i walked into a classroom once and all the kids were wearing winter coats 
and the teacher was too. And I'm like, why is it so cold in here? And she's like, oh, this window doesn't close. And it was like, not polar vortex cold, but it was Chicago winter cold. Mm. Like, this is a first floor window that doesn't close all the way. So you can't lock it. And there are people that just walk around here at night that could try to find shelter in our school. Um, this must be fixed. This is not like, a oh, it would be nice to get new windows. Like, this is an <laughs> urgent situation. But it was like $13,000 for for new windows, those big, huge sliding windows in schools. And the whole school needed new windows. But that one, I, I was like, I can, I can spend this much money. So I asked the finance council and stuff. And I'm pretty... I'm pretty gun shy with that. Like I want to make sure that, you know, nobody, my nightmare would be, especially in a parish, like somebody from the diocese or from the parish looking and be like, why did father spend all this money on this silly thing? We could have spent less. And especially I was like 32. I didn't, I've never like owned a house. I've never had to buy new water heaters and, you know, big kind of infrastructure things for home. So I don't have a sense of like, how long should this last and how much should a new one cost? And do you really need the top of the line or can you deal with the, is this the kind of thing that you could get away with the cheap version or whatever? Mm-hmm. So this is interesting stuff. This sounds like I, pastor type stuff going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't relate to any of this. Rob, do you have similar stuff with the spending I'm, at your parish? I'm relating. I'm relating big time. <laughs> resonates deeply with me. (laughs) I did listen to an interesting uh, Art of Manliness podcast last week on, um, I can't remember what his book is called, but this guy is all about, um, he's like making a big pitch for for maintenance and how poorly just as a whole we're doing maintenance right now. Um, So he talked about just, uh, yeah, like how just in his opinion, like really just how many at like such a large scale, bad decisions are being made because people like new stuff, you know? So it's like a big thing. If a town can get a new, whatever, um, I I'm blanking on anything, but he's like, but there's, there's no like forethought, like a new into, bridge. Yeah, whatever. Like, but there's no forethought into how much it's going to cost like down the road to, to maintain and all of that. Um, it's, it was very, very interesting. I mean, it was just um, like just, yeah, in a sense, how much how much money stuff uh, stuff costs is. Yeah. But it does like that's that's very intriguing stuff. I still always remember. Um, Miss, do you remember Smolonic always talking about like the three things in canon law? And he was like, what it talks about more than anything else is money. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was but one of that, those go-to phrases. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. There, There is something very, um, very like powerful and like somehow personal about, about money. I mean, people are like very, very generous in my experience and um, all that, but it's just, there's something like, it's kind of this tell of like, no, it tells you it's like this very clear thing about how invested you're in to something. I mean, even for me, like that, the Lego example, 
was like, gosh, this sounds awesome. This would be really fun. But like, whoa, 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 it costs money here. Let's just let's just put on the brakes, slow down a little bit. Yeah. 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 Put your money where your mouth is. Right. Yeah. I that is an interesting thing that it's it it is personal. And thanks be to God, I've never had to give like a big money pitch from the from the Ambo. Um, you know, like uh well, I guess I have done the Archbishop's Appeal weekend, but I've never had to ask people for money directly and like a large audience or anything like that. But I've been in those crowds when people ask for money and I don't have any money. But you, even though I don't have any money, it it you can feel it. It does hit personal for some reason. Uh, it's like money, money and politics. Like those things, they they get... I, I don't know why, but you're right. The The money aspect is certainly personal. Yep. Money, 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 money. That's it's a, boring. Let's talk about yeah. something else. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. So are we going to end the discussion on the finances there? So I, I feel like that was... We can. Do you guys think I should buy a guitar? I do. One of the things that I think it is that if I, I don't know about if this is your thought process with the Legos, but I'm like, okay, well, if I get a nice guitar, then I'm going to also want X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, it would also be nice to have a nice keyboard. It would also be nice to have a drum set, you know? It would also be nice to buy a house and have a music studio. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I realize that's dumb to not get the like most key thing for my music hobby because I can't get everything that I would want, <laughs> you know, there's like yeah. software for recording. That's expensive. There's, and there's time, you know, like, am I going to, am I going to have enough free time to really invest to make all of this hobby money worth, worth it? For sure. Dude. Um, yeah. That's like consumer. I remember talking to a buddy uh, a couple of years ago who had bought, like he really wanted he always wanted like a nice four wheeler and like love use it for hunting, but also like he just loves taking it out of four wheeling. And so he got like he did, he, you know, saved up first job and bought like a really nice four wheeler. But then he was like, oh, man, now I got to have a really nice trailer to take the really nice four wheeler anyway. So I got to get a really nice trailer. And he's like, well, shoot, I got this money in the trailer and in this nice four wheeler like I got to have a nice garage to like keep this in. So he put up a garage. So that's, that's real. Whatever that is, that's a real thing mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Wow. And you don't really realize it when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, if I get my driver's license, I'll be so free. <laughs> then you got to get a car. Oh, well, cars are kind of expensive, but maybe if I work a couple summer jobs, then I got to get insurance and then keep paying it. And also registration and also a city sticker and also parking tickets. You're like, man, life is kind of expensive and that's how they get you is they get you in the door and then you just keep paying and paying and paying. But, um, ain't nothing free kids. No, that's nothing what we're in this saying life here. Free. Yeah. The only thing that sure is death and taxes. Yeah. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I was thinking with the, with the budgets thing with the parish, um, you know, the idea you sometimes get this like in government where, okay, this is the money that we budgeted for this thing where this is the grant we got and we have to spend it and report that spending so that next year we can 
rationalize this same budget. Have you ever heard that concept? Like if we don't uh-huh. spend all this oh, yeah. money, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this thing doesn't actually cost that much and say so we don't need to budget as much for they it. Your, yeah, they cut your spending. And I said, there's an, op- so, an office episode on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the surplus. And he's going to go to the, Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Because if they don't spend the surplus, I think he gets it or something. It's, it's between a printer and uh, chairs, chairs for, the, yeah. for the office. Yeah. But then he also realizes there's a third option, which is to uh-huh. keep it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think like in the church, I mean, some of the money is from whatever cemeteries or um, real estate that the church has owned for decades that's appreciated in value. So some of the money isn't directly from donors, but ultimately that like that property came from bought, bought by donors you know, everything is people's charity, the people of God, trusting the church with money, trusting priests with money. And so like the idea of kind of thinking of that money, like government spending really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That like, I, I, I think, and also your thing about maintenance, um, taking care of the places that were given. I just have, a, I have a strong intuitive sense that that is real and important that if you're in charge of a place you should make sure that it's not falling apart you know and that it works um because that stuff gets really expensive like if you let if you let a roof cave in uh because you didn't maintain it um that's much more expensive than just fixing the flashing every winter or whatever Mm -hmm. um so we have treasures, man. I walk into churches in the archdiocese. I walked into one the other night, uh, my priest book club, and we were hosted by the priest at St. Gregory the Great, which is kind of a, no, not neo-Gothic, what's it called? Norman Gothic church. And it looks like when you go into the Art Institute, there's like a small section of medieval art, and it's, of course, all Christian. Um, but it looks, it looks like a period piece of that. Like this was made in the 1400s or something. And all of it's original, except a few little things that they, you know, have added and changed that don't fit with the aesthetic. But for the most part, all the side altars, there's, there's like a, uh, a nativity whole, like big nativity Bethlehem thing behind a wall in the left side altar, the Marian side altar. You, you just go to the, the westmost wall and open this big cabinet wall thing. And then you set the little statues and stuff in there, but the whole setting is there. And then on the other side, there's a, a tomb of Christ uh, that you open on on Good Friday. And mm. like this, they thought of everything, man. This place is so beautiful. You know, the faithful just like saw the importance of this, and and that's just one church among hundreds in the in the city. Yeah, and we the have one, to maintain then, this stuff. And one archdiocese. Yeah, it's that's incredible, man. I am very jealous of y'all's churches. It's it's unbelievable. There's a we maybe have three or four here in the archdiocese of Atlanta that are like real, real. I they hit that kind of timeless quality, and um, you know, a couple of basilicas and and cathedrals. But man, Chicago is absurd. <laughs> yeah, a lot of buildings from the twenties. 
<laughs> yeah, when everybody thought hmm. nowhere up, nowhere but up. Nowhere but up. I wonder if we're going to have the roaring twenties after this COVID recession. Maybe we'll come back and we'll just have like we'll be brick and mortar priests just building awesome churches and spending money like it's going out of style because <laughs> we have to spend it otherwise they're not going to budget for us for next year <laughs> you know? yeah well atlanta had the problem that uh old old sherman burned all your stuff yeah well and then our archbishop here when the diocese was expanding he was up in chicago um he was a chicago priest and saw what happened with a lot of Chicago parishes that the ones that were, um, I guess, ethnic parishes that once the first, second, and maybe third generation of immigrants left the parish, then it was kind of, kind of left void and ended up becoming, uh, an empty home. And cause you know, that they would lose the faith after four, three or four generations or so. So he tried to learn a little bit from from what he saw up in up in Chicago, and he didn't. So he he didn't allow any of the parishes that were built to become parishes unless they were primarily like English speaking. And so we have a lot of different missions, but he's trying to integrate them into the parish structure um, in a way that that it's not just kind of you know, ethnically limited. And so we have like mm-hmm. Vietnamese missions. We have lots of Hispanic missions. Um, but he doesn't want those things to be huge gargantuan churches that, you know, in like 50 or 60 years are, are just empty. And so he's trying to, uh, to integrate them into the, into the city and into the archdiocese. Um, but now he's in DC. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see what the next guy does. Um, that's right what they're going to say about us someday we'll see what the next guy does mm. you know when you leave St. Mary's Rob people are just going to be like finally <laughs> finally about time how are things going there good good yeah <clears throat> um dude it's yeah like no one really knows what's happening right now it's the same yeah. thing everywhere of it's it, that's a hard I like it and I'm happy and the people are good that I've been able to get to know and everything um but that's a hard question to um uh to tackle cuz it's like yeah I mean it's just stuff is still so weird um I mean yeah, it's such a weird time to become a new yeah. anything. Yep. No, I, I was thinking about this the other day, man. I literally, I still feel like, I know this is crazy and way too long ago, but this is how slow I process emotions. But I mean, <laughs> I feel, I still feel like when I went to France, I like went through some like Narnia portal or something like that. And then the world is just different when I came back. Hmm. I'm like, what? Um but it's it's good, yeah. No no complaints for sure. Yeah, that is weird. So you yeah you were in France when everybody started to panic around the world. Yeah, and you had that whole situation getting back mm-hmm. in the nick of time. And then you had to quarantine, 
when that was still new to us. Like, oh, right. Rob has to quarantine. Yep. Now everybody has to on. quarantine a month every time that they go to the grocery and store. I had a, I had a 14-day quarantine, and then the Illinois stay-at-home order started on like day 12 of that or something yeah. like that. So pretty much I came back from France, like didn't leave my house. And then when I came out of my house, the world was shut down. It was, it was, the, it was the road by Cormac McCarthy. It was, it was actually different, though. Like yeah. the, It didn't just seem like that. Your world actually turned upside down in the span mm-hmm. of a month. <laughs> Remember when we were like, dang it, March Madness got canceled. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's since Yeah. What? Rob has to quarantine for two weeks? What is he going to do? Two whole weeks. Whoa. Yeah, I remember on this podcast, Baron's the smartest guy I know, man. Two whole weeks. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, dude. Are you kidding me? Man, that's going to be such a long time to go back to normal. I can do that in my sleep, dude. Dude, on that first two weeks, so we're talking, this is in March. I remember this. Baron's the smartest guy I know. Like, there's literally nobody I trust more. And I remember he said, he was like, man, I just, hopefully like a couple more weeks and we'll have this thing figured out. You know, I remember like even yeah. him saying that. I was like, oh gosh, what is the yeah. world? Well, did you see the vaccine is like 90%? The first mm-hmm. data is pretty good. All that, yeah. 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 So who knows? Maybe it's just another couple weeks. Just another. We'll just we'll weeks. say that. Yeah. Anybody anyway, can do two weeks. No, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing really good. It just that that is a hard. I have found that to be a hard question to answer because I get it a lot. Of like, hey, how's it going? You know, how did? Yeah, how I get like that a new, lot too. Do you so what's it like place? being a What's it like being a campus minister during this time? Okay, like, uh, I don't know. It's somehow busy. <laughs> that's good man i mm-hmm. i was really great grateful um the last two days have been like real real priest days and they they've been really life-bringing and so i've, I've been super duper grateful for that and instead of just like <laughs> it's it stinks dude but um I feel like I'm just kind of roaming around, like looking how to be a priest. <laughs> yeah. Because we're still closed. And the last two days have been just awesome, awesome. Just lots of individual interactions with people that needed a father. And I just, it felt really great to actually be there with them. And, um, you know, the way that I've kind of brought it to prayer and thought about it is it would be like, if my brothers like didn't if their children were just gone on vacation and they were just at home and and they're just sitting there waiting like mm. okay so I'm a dad I'm a father and I'm but I I haven't seen any of my kids and those are people who direct his life they're the people who direct their life and so there is a type of aimlessness that I feel in it but you know, I mean, of course, that's where prayer and and Jesus, that's where Jesus comes in. And uh, yeah, here comes Jesus. Here he comes. Yeah, um, I'd say we have one minute left here, but I would say that uh, I, I t- just talking to a lot of priests, I think that is, that's very true. There's there's the uh, 
aimlessness, but there's also some anxiety and fear and just uncertainty. Um, that's everywhere, but, uh, particularly priests have just noticed that. And, um, yeah, getting up and preaching, everybody's wearing a mask. There's something weird about that. This COVID, um, anointing stuff for the first time on Sunday, I did one where someone else was in the room with me, but every single other one I've done of like the, I don't know, dozen or 15, um, it's just been an unconscious person with tubes and I'm totally like gowned up and wearing a spacesuit, and the nurse doesn't even go in with me and just anoint with a swab and kind of yell through your N95 in Spanish that God loves you. And it just feels like very, very difficult to make any kind of human contact. And this last one I did, the daughter was in the room, but it was very heartbreaking because uh, it was her mother and the whole family had gotten COVID. The mother was 86 and her father, 93, also had COVID and was also in the hospital, but not as serious condition, but the mother was dying. And uh, the sadness and like it was, it was kind of a relief to have, because you know, behind every one of these COVID anointings, there's a grieving family. And I, I'll try to like call because they'll give like a number for a relative and just let them know, hey, I'm Father Connor. I I anointed your dad or your mom, but you're just over the phone. You don't see their face. They, they don't know you. They're just like, okay, thanks. They couldn't even be in the room for it. Um, but there was something about just this woman, as hard as it was to see her there, like there's somebody to do the responses for the prayers. Um, you know, she got to be there. She knows her mom was anointed. And I was just... We've talked about money and COVID. These are some super scintillating topics, but man, it's there's good stuff. There's definitely some uh, some good stuff, but it's been hard. Yeah. All right. All right, homies. I got to go. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.